Hello, and welcome to the In Bed with Maradona podcast. This is the only podcast that doesn't let the football ruin a good day out of the football. I'm your host, Stephen Green. Uh, You might notice that this week I'm flying solo for various reasons, Uh, but we we thought we wouldn't let that stop us, and... We're imagining that by now uh, everybody's abuzz with the start of the Premier League on the horizon. But last week, when this podcast was initially supposed to go out, uh, we were looking towards the start of the League 1 season. Now, last season, League 1 was particularly exciting. Um, We had a Monaco team uh, full of young, exciting talent winning the league. We had PSG falling apart without the influence of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And we had Leon and Nice, who were propping up the rest with uh, their own brand of entertainment. So we thought what we'd do this week is that we'd look to the season ahead, at Monaco in particular. Now, Monaco, who've had a plethora of fantastic players at their disposal, have seemingly done the impossible and sold most of them, with perhaps their crown in the, uh, their jewel in the crown, Kylian Mbappe also looking to be on his way. So with that in mind, we thought we'd bring somebody in uh, that knows Ligue 1 inside out. And he's an old friend of a, an old podcast that I used to host, uh, a man named Jonathan Johnson. And here's what he had to say about Monaco and the season ahead. Okay, joining us uh, this week is... Uh, a good friend of the show, Jonathan Johnson. Uh, he is the PSG in France correspondent for ESPN FC. Uh, John, hello. Hey there, how are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm pretty good, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Um, you know, you as a French journalist will be more aware, a French football journalist will be more aware than anybody of uh, what's been in the news lately regarding Monaco. Um, some pretty big happenings down there right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the, um, the kid and Mbappe transfer rumours with Real Madrid, uh, Manchester City, PSG also uh, linked with him. You know, that's uh, attracting plenty of attention right now, especially when you're talking about, uh, you know, mind boggling transfer fees, you know, sort of around the 160, 180 million mark, you know, for, for a teenager who's not even had a full season of senior football. Uh, you know, that's that that's absolutely crazy. But, you know, Mbappe, not the only one um, sort of lingering around the, the exit door at Stade Louis II uh, this summer. You know, you've got the likes of Thomas Lemar as well, uh, Fabinho, uh, you know, another player that uh, that also could leave him, even Radamel Falcao, despite uh, signing a new contract just uh, a month or so ago, uh, you know, also linked with a, with a move. And then, you know, you know, you look at the likes of uh, Tiamori Bakayoko, Bernardo Silva, Benjamin Mendy, Valère Germain, players who have already left. Uh, you know, pretty much the Monaco that, that was so impressive in Ligue 1 last season and, uh, you know, not just Ligue 1, the Champions League, of course, as well. Um, it's, uh, you know, changing in front of our eyes. And <clears throat> once again, Leonardo Jardim is going to have to uh, work very hard to uh, mould these new um, bits that are being brought in, uh, you know, and turn them uh, from being, you know, well-sourced, uh, affordable um, gems to, you know, um, fully blown uh you know jewels like um the players that have left this uh, this summer it's you know he's familiar with it now he's been there a couple of seasons and this is the way the monaco project works uh, i just think that he'll be particularly disappointed if players like mbappe lemar uh, and fabinho are all gone by the end of the transfer window as well yeah mbappe seemed to um towards the end of last season he seemed to make a few noises about um you know he wouldn't go anywhere um 
and he seemed to have his head screwed on his shoulders there, knowing that staying at a club like Monaco and building on that success that they'd already had would be more beneficial for his career. Um, can you can you actually see him going? Uh, I hope that he will stay, and I think that he will stay because, like you said, you know, he seems to have his head screwed on uh, and and seems to know that that's the best thing for his career. However, you know, when Monaco are offered the the sums of money that are being um, talked about at the moment, like I said earlier, 160, 180 million euros for a teenager who's only you know had like really half of a season of proper senior football, uh, you know, it's very very difficult to turn those sorts of fees down. I'm sure. The 12 months along the line, the same clubs will be interested in signing Mbappe that are interested this summer. The question is, you know, how will next season go? Uh, will they be offering as much money as they're, as they're offering now? But at the same time, uh, you know, with the players that they've already sold, Monaco aren't under pressure uh, to let him go. And, you know, the player himself, despite the fact that his childhood club, Real Madrid, uh, you know, have, have, have come in for him and that's uh, a move that has always been a dream for him. Uh, you know, it might be the smartest thing for him, especially when you're, you know, playing in a season that leads into a World Cup as well. Uh, you know, he needs to go or stay wherever he's going to be guaranteed uh, games, both in the league and in the Champions League. And at the moment, Monaco can guarantee him that. And, uh, you know, the likes of Real Madrid, Manchester City and even PSG can't necessarily, um, you know, guarantee him that at this moment in time. So I think he'd be smart to stay. Uh, the big question is, does he look at it that way, um, and do Monaco uh, view it that way? Especially if the you know the sums being mentioned have actually been put on the table to them. Uh, Monaco have said that they are trying to renew his contract, and I think it would be a smart move for Mbappe to uh, accept that contract extension, play another season uh, at Stade Louis Deux on improved terms, being uh, you know an indispensable member of Jardim's starting eleven. Uh, you know, play your way into the World Cup squad. Uh, and then sort of see where you go from there because uh, you know if Mbappe continues uh, along his current trajectory uh, you know he is going to have uh, you know an explosive season uh, and also uh, you know uh, an excellent World Cup campaign as well in Russia. You know you mentioned the uh, the Monaco project and this is the way that they've sort of operated on and off for, for several years now. You'd sort of like to think that with having won the league, having got so far in the Champions League not being too financially um, uh, bad, you know, in, in terms of what they've already got. You'd like to think that they could maybe stop that and, and push on and, and become a bit more of a, not a dynasty, but at least provide some more sturdy competition for PSG. Yeah, you would, um, would like to think that, but at the end of the day, it's very, very difficult for Monaco to compete with PSG when their commercial income is so low. I mean, the, the reason the project works the way it does is because Monaco have to sell, um, you know, in, uh, in, in, in quite large quantities for big prices. Uh, because they don't bring in much money outside of that. Um, they don't attract too much in terms of sponsorship, uh, you know, and they don't sell out uh, the majority of their matches, both in Ligue 1 and in the Champions League, because, you know, nobody lives in Monaco um, and goes to uh, the stadium sort of, you know, for to watch them against the likes of, uh, you know, I don't know, Dijon, uh, you know, Nancy, uh, Montpellier, these kind of teams, you know, the stadium's only full when the biggest clubs come to town, the likes of PSG, uh, you know, Lyon, Marseille, 
uh, and then obviously the big European uh, fixtures as well. And that's you know that, that's a big problem for Monaco because at the end of the day that stops them uh, from being able to hold on to all of these players and you know trying to to be rivals for the league on title with PSG because they've acknowledged despite the, the you know the phenomenal success that they enjoyed last season and picking up another uh, league on title that they're never going to be able to um, you know target the the French title see, uh, every, every season because they know at the end of each campaign they're going to have to separate themselves from some of their most talented players uh, you know in order to keep um, pressures like uh, financial fair play at bay because otherwise uh, you know this this Monaco side or this Monaco squad uh, you know, will um, you know not be financially viable for 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 the club, and they discovered that the hard way when they first got back into Ligue 1, was splashing massive amounts of money on the likes of Falcao, James Rodriguez, Jaime Moutinho, uh, and some of those players, you know, are still around today uh, and still earn massive money, and you know that also. Uh, hamstrings the club a little bit in terms of um, the way the project operates um, these days. Okay, Falcao's taken a bit of a pay cut in his new uh, contract, but he's still paid big, big money uh, compared to most of the other squad members. And Moutinho is obviously still there as well. So, you know, if if Monaco were able to rid themselves of those two, uh, you know, we might perhaps. Um, witness a period where Monaco are able to keep hold of the majority of their, you know, sort of talented starting 11 and squad members. And that way they might be able to um, put up a sustained challenge um, against PSG for the league untitled over a number of seasons. But at this moment in time, it's, uh, it's just not possible. And, you know, once again, we're seeing, uh, you know, a, a talented Monaco squad get picked apart. And if history um, is, a, is a good indicator of what we can expect from this coming season, Monaco aren't going to have as good a season uh, as they did last, uh, they'll probably finish second, third. You know, might not even qualify for for the Champions League uh, the season after this one that's just coming, uh, and then perhaps come back stronger once all the players that they're bringing in this summer uh, have had a full season to adapt. Uh, you know, and, and are seen as uh, you know emerging uh, European talents. Yeah, I think I think it's it's actually really a real shame that they're having to do this again because. I think last season, more than any that I can remember, League Owen was just fantastic. Um, Monaco themselves, um, Nice as well were, were particularly good. Uh, Lyon were very entertaining in, in parts. Uh, even Saint-Étienne, who have had their own problems with regards to personnel. Um, you know, looking at the players that have already gone, who do you think is going to hit them the hardest? Uh, I, you know, I think it's very difficult for any club to lose a player like Bernardo Silva with the creativity that he brings um, and, and expect them to be absolutely fine after that. I also think losing the likes of um, Benjamin Mendy, though, as well, you know, that's a huge loss. There's so few top quality fullbacks around these days. Man City, you know, had to pay absolute top dollar to bring him in. And it's unsurprising when you look at the, the lack of options really available to them elsewhere. But I, it's very difficult to choose between uh, Bernardo Silva, Benjamin Mendy and Tiamo Ibaka-Yoko because all three were very important players. And OK, I'd probably whittle that down to two and say that, you know, Silva and Mendy will be most missed um, by Monaco going into the into the new season. Uh, but I think, you know, if you, if you again have to pick between the two, I think uh, Silva will be um, pretty much irreplaceable. I mean, I don't think Monaco have um, have bought poorly so far um, this summer. I, I think Tiedemann's in particular is a is a very impressive purchase. Uh, I just think that 
I mean, the way that Silva has uh, developed over the last couple of seasons at Monaco uh, and the player that they have sold on to City, you know, he's so uh, he's, he's so complete and he's in many ways quite unique as well uh, in European football at the time and that he's such a, a, a wizard on the ball. Uh, you know, I think they will find it very, very, very difficult to replace him, even if they hold on to the likes of Lemar and, uh, and Mbappe. Do you think Silva is, um, he has what it takes to, to be a, a success in the Premier League almost yeah. immediately? Mm, I'm not sure if he'll be a success immediately. I do think that he has the, the potential to be a long-term success. I think the thing that he's going to struggle with most, uh, like many players that go to the Premier League, will be the physicality. Um, and the and, and the pace is the combination of the two. Um, league on itself is quite physical, so I don't think that'll necessarily phase him that much. Uh, but the play at times is, um, uh, you know, it's it's a lot more. You know, it, it flows a lot more, but there's less structure to it. You know, I think that he will stand out in in the Premier League immediately because uh, tactically he'll be head and shoulders above most players in the league. Uh, how long that lasts for, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but uh, you know, I think that yeah, the pace might catch him uh, out a little bit at first, but long term, I, I think that he'll definitely uh, settle down and, and could turn into a very, very uh, good acquisition for City over over the next few seasons. He does seem to have the hallmarks of a, a Pep Guardiola player, doesn't he? Um, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think as well when you look at uh, you know his namesake uh, David Silva in that, mm. that uh, in that squad as well. Oh. You know, he's he's potentially a um, uh, you, you know, he's, he's almost sort of like the heir to that throne, really. You um, you mentioned the players that they've they brought in because they have actually been fairly active uh, in in the incomings department. Um, you know, you mentioned T. Elements, who we all know about as being a fantastic talent. Um, they've also brought in uh, the Swiss international Diego Bernaglio in goal. Um, is that was the goalkeeper a problem position for them? Uh, depends on who you ask. If you ask me, yes. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Daniel Subasic. Um, he's capable of making some very good saves, of course, but you know he's also capable of um, quite big howlers. And last season, I think more than ever, uh, his limits were exposed. Uh, although Bernalio, as I understand, not enjoyed the best last few seasons himself with uh, Wolfsburg. Obviously, he has plenty of experience. It'll be interesting to see if Jardim opts to make a change. I think that Subasic will start the season uh, between the sticks. Whether or not he finishes it there, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but, you know, there's been some other interesting um, acquisitions as well. You know, I think bringing in Embula from uh, Barcelona, uh, you know, that, that could be quite a sage move. Um, Gaspar as well from Lyon. Uh, Monaco have excelled over the years at purchasing players from their domestic rivals and that could be another example of them doing that very very well uh ronnie lopez who was at manchester city for so long and then spent quite a while on loan at lille as well uh is finally back so if he gets uh, a chance and consecutive matches you know he could develop into a very important player for this monaco side in the next couple of seasons uh congolo as well the um the, the dutchman who's who was brought in uh in the last couple of weeks uh, you know, he's he's somebody who I think will you know will give uh, Monaco a boost at the at the back as well. And I think I mean one of, one of the most underrated um, players uh, in Monaco's success last season was actually Kemel Glick, the um, the defender. And Monaco have managed to extend his contract. Uh, so I think that that um, signing Jardim to a new contract himself and 
um, extending Falcao's contract and cutting down his wages uh, are probably three of the uh, smartest pieces of business that Monaco have done this summer, along with the early signing of uh, Tielemans as well. And, uh, you know, I think that there's probably a, a bit more um, intelligent business to come from Monaco. But at the same time, it's also quite interesting um, the situation that they find themselves in at the moment, knowing now uh, that they're sporting director uh, Cordon is, is going to be moving on in the in the next couple of months because uh, in the past Luis Campos who's now with Lille uh, overseeing the the Marcelo Bielsa revolution there uh, sourced so much talent and uh, you know the the, the, the majority of the players that Jardim enjoyed so much success with last season were actually brought in by Campos um, and Cordon has not been in play very long in fact under under 12 months when the when the announcement was made so how monaco replaced him uh, you know one of the best or arguably one of the best uh, sporting directors in european football uh, you know is uh, is going to be absolutely fascinating because this, this is a real test um of, the, of of this monaco project because if they make the wrong choice next uh, in terms of sporting director somebody who doesn't have the same level of uh, connections as cordon or campos uh, you know, they could really find it difficult um, to replace any of the talents that they sell in the next uh, couple of transfer windows. And, you know, if they lose the likes of Lemar and Mbappe, uh, which looked likely, OK, maybe not this summer, but next summer, uh, you know, it's the, the, there's no guarantee that the, the quality that's brought in to replace them will be, um, you know, of the same, the same sort of level of potential. Yeah, that... Um... The sporting director position is becoming ever more important, uh, as you and I both know, as as Villa fans. Um, I was looking over the the squad list just before we started recording, and I, I saw a name uh, that I hadn't seen for a while, and it sort of sprung out of me. Um, Lucina Traore. Um, you know, at one point, this guy was was going to be huge, wasn't he? Um, but ever since he's joined Monaco, he's he's just faded into obscurity and he spent a little time on loan in Spain last season, but looking at his record, it wasn't brilliant. Can the, can there still be a future for him or is he somebody that they're desperately trying to offload? I mean, I think there is a potential future for him in the same way that there was a future for Valen Germain. I mean, Germain was loaned out to Nice, then came back to Monaco, enjoyed a very good season and was sold on this summer after that excellent campaign. Uh, to Marseille so I you know I never say never but I think with Traore I mean okay he's, he's still only 26 years old so you know there is this potential there uh, but he has struggled um, you know, for quite a while now uh, he's had a few injury issues and you know mentally I'm not sure how focused he is really um, uh, you know what what Monaco end up doing with him uh, long term you know uh, uh remains to be seen but he's not really uh, had that much of a look in since joining I mean, you look at the the loan spells that he's had Everton, CSK, Moscow then Sporting Gijon uh, you know I don't think that Jardim will be counting on uh, on, on him in the next uh, season or so really I think the, the Monaco will be looking uh, elsewhere within their squad at uh, you know some of the talent that they uh, still have on the books you know the likes of Guido Carrillo who's not been that impressive since arriving well you know bigger things will be expected of him uh, you know, and obviously, um, if Mbappe stays, um, he and Falcao will be expected to chip in with uh, quite a few goals once again. Gabriel Brochilio, once he comes back from injury, uh, you know, so they they still have plenty of attacking uh, quality there. So, you know, how much of a 
a role uh, Traore plays in Monaco's long-term thinking. You know, I'm I'm quite sceptical, really. Yeah, it's a shame, really. Um, so it's going to be an interesting season for them either way. Um, can you see them? I mean, chances are they're not going to retain their title, but can you see them maintaining their place amongst the chasing pack? Yeah, I still think that they will be uh, a team that's you know sort of challenging for Champions League qualification. They have more quality than the majority of the rest of the contenders. Um, I, I think a lot will also depend on uh, on PSG. You know how focused um, Unai Emery's squad are after losing their title last season. But you know because complacency arguably played. Um, the biggest role of all in Monaco's title success. That's that's not trying to take anything away from a fantastic and vibrant Monaco side, uh, but I think that uh, you know PSG uh, made it too easy for Monaco. That said, uh, you know Monaco did uh, you know did the job against uh, against PSG in both matches. Um, I you know I, th- I think that uh, if PSG are more focused this uh, this coming season. Uh, it'll be much harder for Monaco to put them under as much pressure as they did last season, let alone, uh, you know, uh, end up running away with the, with the league on title. So, yeah, for me, I think it's uh, PSG, the strong favourites to start with. Monaco, I sort of expect to be second uh, or third, but it's, it's difficult to predict a, an, an order right now. Uh, I, you know, I expect PSG to finish top, but Monaco... You know, for the moment, I'd, I'd probably put them as, um, you know, my favourites for second place, but with, uh, you know, potentially a few more players uh, to leave before the end of the transfer window, you know, maybe they'll even, like, slip down to third. Yeah, well, of course, that's the thing. We are massively living in the future here um, with still plenty of the transfer window left to come. Um, so on that note, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us again um i'm sure we'll see you again in the future and best of luck for everything with the coming season oh thanks a lot for having me on it's been a pleasure and uh speak to you soon good man there jonathan uh thanks for joining us once again always a pleasure to have your insight um we're going to cut it short here so only a quick one this week but hopefully it's wet your appetite for a bit more uh the podcast Obviously still in development, still going to be going through a few changes in the coming weeks once we figure out how uh, how we want to bring this to you and how we can best bring this to you. Um, but we hope you've enjoyed this short ride this week and no doubt you are now buzzing with excitement for more league on action, uh, especially now Wesley Schneider's gone to Nice. So that will be very interesting and we will see you soon.